comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me as always is Chicharito's number one fan, Logan Stump. Number one Stan, the fox in the box, the Mexican striker. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's uh, killing it this, this yeah, to start the season here unlike me stumbling over my words as we start this episode uh logan how was week number two what uh let's just talk a little you know shoot the breeze here week number two mls uh what was your thoughts here well it was good because i got to start out with orlando city playing skc yes friday night um children mercy park which is uh just a crazy atmosphere i knew it was one of the ones that and I'm going through each of these games kind of like, okay, I want to experience the atmosphere in some of these stadiums. And that was one that I definitely wanted to experience. And and I know it's not to its full capabilities yet, but I know that's a place. And then also Minnesota comes up later in the weekend. I got to see um, that wall of Minnesota fans. So, you know, the wonder wall. So that, you know, it, it was a great start to the weekend. And then I think the games, you know, when we were first looking at it at the beginning of the season, we were kind of mm-hmm. looking at it like, eh, like what game? I mean, we were having a hard time picking which games were going to be good. But again, this is a wild league. And in week two, it proved to be pretty much the same story that 2021 is not going to change that any. So that was pretty yeah. cool. So, yeah, no, I, I, I love the weekend. It, it was a lot of fun and started out with a, with a nice uh, point for Orlando City, I think, on the road. So. Yeah, it was good. It was an overall. It was a. It was a nice weekend, and, and the games were exciting. Saturday was loaded with games, so that was cool. Yeah, Saturday, the day that I could not be home all day, was loaded <laughs> <Yeah>. with games. <laughs> uh, right. Sunday, the day I could not move because of my softball right. practice, uh, yep. pulling every muscle in my body, only had the one. So I'm. I'm a little salty about week <laughs> two here, <laughs> but uh, at least at least the Sunday game was was really good. Uh, I missed like the 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 afternoon games, sadly for Saturday. I tried mm-hmm. watching them on my phone at this uh, at this place I was at, but it was kind of hard to do that. Uh, bad service. It was really right. glitchy, really bad. Yeah. But uh, what I, I did have, uh, let's. Uh, I just want to say real quick because this is one of your headlines. So maybe we start with this headline first. Because this is one of the ones I first turned on. First game of the weekend, NYCFC. Not first game of the weekend. First game of the Saturday, NYCFC versus Mm. Cincinnati. 
Uh, and, you know, early on in, I got to see a goal or I got to see <laughs> a pixelated goal yeah. <laughs> from my screen. No, no kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, really early on, uh, let, let's talk this one first, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, since I brought it up. NYCFC, I was on their case all offseason, make some signings, make some signings, mm-hmm. since he's beating you to these signings. And they went out and they just were like, let's shut up, Jordan. Right? <laughs> we're going to score five past Cincinnati, and they're all going to be set-piece goals. This is one of your headlines. Uh, go ahead and, and talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so I, you know, going into the season uh, for Cincinnati, I think I had them ranked – uh, I want to say 10th. You had them 9th, uh, if I can remember correctly with our predictions. Uh, yeah, 10th and 9th. So, I mean, we had them progressing no longer the Wooden Spoon team, right? I mean, that was the big storyline, and we talked with Brian Weigel of Cincy Soccer Talk, and and we were convinced with him, I think, after that th- this team, depending on Lucho Acosta's, uh, I guess, abilities as the number 10 in creating for Brenner, I mean, it, it seemed like they fixed things in the attack. But that was it, right? I mean, they they front load that whole team. They've got attacking options for days. Matarita is a defender that I think is more attack minded, so he's not going to add any defense. And then there's your issue, right? The the defense was just absolutely horrible. Uh, Pedersen and Hogland just couldn't figure it out. It looks like they were mixed up a ton with set pieces. I mean, that's a lot about just communication and being coached well. And it doesn't look like that. That's the case. It, it looks like a team that is completely in just disarray um they didn't have lucho acosta uh for that game uh teton was a late scratch so they had some issues with some lineup things and and different things that it just was a weird mix of of talent for them uh in new york city fc playing at home in front of their home opener with the fans again at yankees beautiful yankee stadium with that wonderful camera angle um that's what i was gonna say can we talk about the camera angle for a second let's do it (laughs) It's there's a, gotta be there's gotta be a way to fix this. I think there, I, don't know, I mean I get it. The way that they probably have the field in the outfield, yeah. and where the camera gantry is, probably not best. But right, it's definitely filmed from like a, it looks like a band director's like I guess standing up on that thing that just kind of escalates a little bit and puts them up above. It, I don't know. It's anyway. If you're watching a game, it's so difficult to tell. And the the pitch is smaller than any pitch in the MLS too, so mm-hmm. it makes it look really strange. It makes it look one that the players are massive. When soccer players, I mean, besides center backs and keepers, they're not known to be massive, so they it makes them look even bigger. The spaces are tighter, so you really have to have a game plan going into New York City. And I mean, Cincinnati looked. Again, I think they looked like that wooden spoon team that we saw, right? It, it doesn't matter if they can create chances for Brenner when they're leaking five goals. Um, and, and the goals were just set pieces, and some of them were, like, magnificent. There was one that uh, Thor shot around the wall with his left foot, and it kind of ducks in. Um, but, yeah, I, I I was really high on Cincinnati. I know you were, too, and you have them even higher, I think, um, as far as like in your mind is this team could really do something, especially when at the beginning when I was like, I don't know if they could really do like what you're saying. Like I don't see them going up and competing for that playoff spot. But then I ranked them 10th because I thought teams below them were solid locks below them. But now, I mean, what are your thoughts? I, I know that you didn't get to see a ton of it except the, the blurry glitchy stuff. Um, yeah. I have them above NYCFC yeah. in my rankings, yeah. which is, looks absurd now. 
But again, I want to preach patience. I preached it last week. Mm -hmm. This week, it's a little bit more, okay, maybe press the panic button a little bit. But why I want to preach patience is it's MLS, right? Anything can happen. Uh, Yes, they got shellacked at Yankee Field, uh, Yankee Stadium. But that doesn't mean they will all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think this has to be one of their first times at Yankee Stadium in a while, at least, because uh, I don't think they played there at all last year. I, mm. I you know, no, Yankee, did, yeah. Yankee Stadium didn't have any games, I don't think. So, uh, and then the year before that would have been their first year, I think. So, mm. I, I don't know. To me, when you're playing at NYCFC at Yankee Stadium, it's a lot different because they're used to that small pitch, and I believe they're better at home. Uh, if I remember correctly, I don't have any stats in front of me. But other teams have trouble kind of playing there because it's very compact. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it fits NYCFC's like compact playing. They know how to play in those tight spaces, dribbling, making passes. Now the issue I think is you look at it and you say these were all set piece goals. Mm-hmm. So why one are you giving up that many set pieces or two? where's your set piece defenses? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Alexi Lalas always points out every year with uh, his big thing is set pieces, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this just makes it look like since he doesn't practice them, I saw people already calling for Yopstom's head. And I was like, he just came in last year in the middle of a pandemic. I don't think that would be the right thing to do two games in be like, see ya. Um, but uh, I, I think you have to look at it and say, is this uh, a, a Yop Stom problem with the uh, with the set pieces, mm-hmm. at least? And if so, somebody up in management's got to be on him and say, hey, you can't do that again. That's embarrassing. Uh, Matt Doyle pointed out it's an unofficial record, probably because nobody's ever tracked how many goals have been off the <laughs> yeah. set piece before. Right. But I'm sure it was not five. So yeah. I do think that this is probably a record. Uh, I don't know how you can even go back and check that, but uh, that's embarrassing if you're Cincinnati as a player, if you're Cincinnati manager, if you're Cincinnati fan, it's embarrassing. I want to give props to NYCFC for being able to do that because I didn't think they had the firepower anymore. Um, Do I think they're going to be world beaters still? No, probably not, but who knows? I mean, I'm probably wrong about every single position on that list now. I mean, yeah, but it's MLS. I, it's funny that we do predictions, and, and I didn't really know what it meant to do predictions for MLS until I started watching this year. It's not like Premier League. Like Premier League, you can get close. Bundesliga, close. <laughs> Bundesliga, um, you put Bayern up yeah, top. Yeah, you put Bayern up top and work your way down, right? For the and, last 10 years. Yeah, and then hopefully Dortmund doesn't crap the bed like they have this year. Um, one more thing before we move on, of course, but uh, I think it a lot of it has to do with defense in the midfield. Like they, their midfield just lacks, and, and that's part. Of, it's been part of the issue. Um, you can't have that much space with guys that just don't, uh, you know, defend as well. Kubo is not going to defend as well. Um, I think Bakojo is probably their best bet there. Bariel and Calvin Harris are easily more wingers than they are midfielders that are going to help you defense. So you've got two guys that are exposed and i think kubo's exposed often um i think uh, i forget how you say the name jay gayu uh he's a he's Good a mid- sorry thank you uh, yeah um he is a def- he's a midfielder playing 
in a right back position. So that automatically, and then like I said, Ronald Matherita is not your defensive left back, which I mean, we'll get to another defensive left back in Portland that I, I don't think is very solid defensively, but he adds so much in attack that I think that that's where a lot of these clubs go. Um, but yeah, I've just not been too impressed with uh, Cincinnati in their defense. It, it is very concerning. Do you want to know something funny that you probably don't know? Joe Jow was like the Christian Pulisic before Christian yeah. Pulisic. You know, yeah. everybody was like, oh my God, this guy is going to be great. He's at Dortmund. This was like 2014 and 2016, I think, that he was at Dortmund 2 and Dortmund 1. He made one appearance over that time. And everybody was like, oh my God, this is going to be great. Because uh, he made his first team debut in 2014. So that's two years before before Pulisic did. And then now he's, you know, he's unfortunately stuck in uh, Cincinnati, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I think we're good to move on, right? We we good to move on from these these two teams. Uh, we had great headlines today. Um, week two gave us some really good headlines. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to the most explosive headline first, I guess. That is Achoa mm-hmm. versus Minnesota United. He's he's taken on the whole team, Logan. He's taking on the other <laughs> team. So I, I want to read you some of this stuff, and then I want to ask you a question okay. about it. Okay? So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you a quick question after I read some of these quotes. So for people that don't know, Minnesota losing 2-1 to one to RSL at home. They're at home in Minnesota. At the very, what, last whistle – Mm-hmm. Ochoa just turns around, boots the ball into the stands. Then everybody starts attacking him. Here's Adrian Heath's quote after that. <laughs> the goalkeeper just turned around and booted the ball at our fans and to our supporters, which is a no-no. We all know that. He's got some edge to him for a kid that's not that good. Here's Boxhall. Uh from Minnesota United, a player. He acted like bit of a clown within the 90 minutes before that and then decides to top it off with what, which is pretty disrespectful. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his first time out on the field. Uh, He obviously should know if it's his first time on the field or not. Or just (laughs) doesn't seem like he knows how to behave. I think we want it to let him know. And yeah, just a bit of a clown. You can tell him I said that. Uh, Logan, here's my question to you. Overreaction from Minnesota uh, here with uh, this Ochoa boot? Yes, absolutely. I, I, Ochoa is like, and if you watched him in the 23s, U23s in the Olympics, he's a fiery kid. It just A keeper has to be. If you watch Brad Guzan, Tim Howard, I mean, yeah, Tim Howard constantly in people's faces yelling and i and i didn't know this i was listening to extra time today and matt doyle said that that the wall is actually known for going in and researching like different things that they can bring up about specific players so mm-hmm. they actually do extensive research to heckle and i get that that's fun right and, and i think ochoa yeah. is fun he's punting a ball and it wasn't like it was a rocket at somebody's face and another thing doyle said that i thought was hilarious he goes Minnesota fans, I know you're coming at me in the DMs because I said that that it was just in fun nature. It was a fiery game. It was a rivalry kind of game. He said, 
But he goes, the fact that you guys are tweeting at me that somebody could have got hurt, how about you tell your center forwards and everybody else that's shooting balls into the stands because they had 23 <laughs> shots and only two on target? It's true. It, it's it's not different yeah. at all from a wayward shot that goes yeah, no. in the stands. He booted this thing so high. Yeah. You would have had probably an hour to move yourself away <laughs> right. from its from its shot. Right. Uh, look, we have lots of Minnesota fans, right? Yeah. Uh, with friends, uh, the 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 uh, final third pod, final yeah. thirds friends. We had Mark Fangmeyer, uh, right, who came on the show. He tweeted out. He asked uh, extra time when they posted their questions. Uh, he he posted, you know, uh, should how many games should he be suspended? And if he doesn't get suspended, why should we not throw objects at the keepers? Uh, I would say we shouldn't be throwing anything on the field. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but uh, I, I get his point of saying, you know, like yeah, you're it. protecting the players, but we're not protecting the fans. But again, I could understand more if this was a line drive. We've had this before in MLS. Kaku, I believe it was Kaku, for the Red Bulls, drilled mm-hmm. somebody in the face with yeah. it. Uh, on purpose, yeah. and that was a two-game suspension. This, I feel like I see this happen with keepers all the time where they just drop it and boot it after mm-hmm. the final whistle. The only difference is he turned around and faced the stands. Nobody was hurt. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to suspend him. Do you suspend Ochoa, Logan? No, I, I might fine him a couple thousand, but not not anything crazy. I think it would be like, here's your warning, don't do it again, just because if you did accidentally hit somebody – um, maybe you miss kick it or something, but, but yeah, no, I, it was so high. He knew what he was doing. Um, and, and like I said, like, I get it. You want player safety. Um, it, it would be a bad look for the league if keepers just kept turning and whirling and kicking the ball into the stands. So I get that aspect of it, but I, I you know, this was a one time I think where you just sit him down and say, yeah, don't do that again. And I don't think he will do it again. Um, just because of the backlash that he gets, it's kind of like that when you, when you run off the back of the mound, like the unwritten rules of baseball where you kind of do something that's unwritten, but you know, I, it, it's a game of flash and show now. So, you know, I, it's the same as, as soccer. So I, you know, I, it, yeah, a lot of people upset about this are definitely the people that are all for the unwritten, unwritten rules, rules of baseball. Yeah. And uh, as a baseball fan, not a fan of unwritten rules. I'm not either. Write it down if it's important, please. Uh, That (laughs) way I know what I'm doing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The unwritten rules just never made any sense to me. And I feel like this is is kind of like that. I get it. You shouldn't be endangering anybody. Again, I don't think it was that much of endangering. So for me, uh, I would not suspend them. But let's talk a little bit more about the match, I guess, itself. Mm -hmm. Because... Look, I chose this club as my MLS Cup mm-hmm. winner. Uh, look, it's only two weeks. That's two losses for them. Uh, neither one where their defenses looked really great at all. No. I'm getting a little worried. Should I be worried? Yeah, defensively, you definitely should. One, because um, I think Diabasi's not back, right? Uh, he's hurt. Uh, you're, you lost Opara. And he's definitely not coming back. Um, so those are two pretty good defenders. And so then you're having to rely on center backs like Ritala uh, and Boxall. Um, Gasper was horrible. He was on both ends of those goals, conceding both of those goals. Um, there was one where he, it was like miscommunication between Ritala and, and where he kind of like 
kicks it back because he thought that the center back was going back to get it, but they both went forward and the ball just kept going and it was an easy setup um, for RSL to get the second goal that they got. Um, the first one, he gets it and he, it's a really bad touch and it ricochets off of his foot and it goes right into the, the heel of uh, Julio and, and he slots it in from right outside and it was a really nice shot. But yeah, you should be concerned. I, I think the defense is really concerning. Uh, you can't have to rely, you don't have, you shouldn't have to rely so much on Reynoso to create. And I think there's times where it seems like he's firing balls at goal from, you know, 20 to 25 yards out because he can't get anywhere near the box. So I think that that's, yeah, I think right now it's not a panic situation, but right now they're on a bottom of a lot of people's power rankings and list because they just, they, they look completely, and they got trashed by Seattle. Um, Seattle just made them look like a second rate kind of club, which I like to call teams that, but, um, but no, I, they, they did, they, it didn't look good. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? I know, uh, Ramon Abala, what is it? Abala? Is that how you say that? Abila? Abila. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he, you know, I, I think he adds a lot, but he's not fully fit yet. He's not playing a ton so i don't know it, it is and he something. just joined the team so yeah. uh that's gonna take some bit to get him so work my thoughts is look if this trend continues throughout the season i would be worried about adrian heath's job in the sense of the reaction to that that kick by Ochoa. yeah makes me feel like they're not prepared they're not prepared. And the fact that he always has to play the underdog card to his team makes me worried that that's all he has. And now that they're favored and they're struggling and they freak out about a mile high ball kicked into the stands makes me worried about their mentality in all honesty. And I understand Minnesota fans are probably going to get real defensive about all that kind of stuff, but you know, I enjoy watching Minnesota. They were fun to watch last year I enjoy Adrian Heath from his time in Orlando. I enjoy Adrian Heath at his time at Minnesota. I'm just seeing I'm just saying it as I see it that and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but for me that type of mentality where they are immediately on the pitch mm-hmm. going at it over this kick and the fact that he always has to call and put some built uh, you know bulletin board material out makes me wonder why can they not handle being favorites? Can they not handle, uh, you know, are they, is he losing them a bit? Like, what is it? Uh, granted, it's only two weeks. So obviously MLS season is very long and it's MLS. So they could run off like 10 in a row here and make us all look stupid. But I just worry about that. Am I right to be concerned about maybe the management position here, Logan, or their mentality as a whole? Um, not from Adrian Heath's past. I mean, his, his time here in Orlando was just brutal. Um, but you're right. It, it's like he waits for bullets and board material. If he's attacking Andrew Weeby on a podcast that he probably doesn't listen to, but just getting clippings because it's Andrew Weeby, the, the voice of MLS pretty much. It's like, what, what, what's your game? What, what's your end point there? What, yeah, he doesn't do you... even get their website, right? It's yeah, MLSsoccer.com. <laughs> he calls it MLS.com. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I can't even get that right. But again, I and, and a lot of it speaks to the fact that I mean, RSL don't don't slack on RSL. They played pretty well. I mean, Anderson, Julio, and Rubio Rubin 
two additions that they made this offseason that I know that we talked with Jake from RSL show, and he was looking at the two of them as, as somebody that could contribute. I know Rubin especially because they needed somebody in that attack, and both of them look great. I mean, I thought Anderson Julio was phenomenal. Um, the, the shots that he put in uh, were just great finishes. But, again, it's against a team that um, – when you were looking at it, you, you said that like with Diabasi and with Opara, they had one of the best defenses. Now I would argue that they're pretty bottom of the barrel as far as the Western Conference concerned because they just don't have depth and they don't have the luxury of making those uh, mistakes when they're not scoring. That, that's what that's 0.5 goals uh, that they're averaging now because they you know no goals against Seattle didn't even you know look close in that second half against Seattle to scoring so. Yeah, yeah, I think Adrian Heath has a lot to be worried about rather than uh, calling a keeper that's probably one of the up-and-coming keepers in the whole league. Um, uh, not good. <laughs> Adrian yeah, Heath was, is not that good. Was <laughs> that was insane. All right, uh, let's go to one of yours here. Uh, let's stick it to the weekend stuff for right now. So let's go with Austin's first win. We had Hernan uh, on the show from We Are Austin mm-hmm. TV. He nailed the prediction 3-1, and I thought he was crazy. I said after we left him, there's no way they score three on the Rapids here, and uh, they did. They, they scored three, and Cecilio uh, had a great game, right? He did. So uh, props to Hernan there for getting that <laughs> uh, completely right. Uh, but what's your takeaways here from Austin's first win? Because we also have some Thomas Pochettino news to cover as well. I was going to say, do you want to get into that first or you want to hit the game first? We can talk that because that started right before okay. the game. It was yeah. announced right before the game. Yeah, so like right before the game, uh, Austin FC comes out on their tour. Because the, the writers had noted, like, we because Jordan and I were texting back and forth lineups. And, we were confused. Yes. Uh, somebody sent out a lineup <laughs> that didn't have Thomas Pochettino on it and then when i was watching the game the the team the tv graphic said he was starting so i was like oh that guy must have got it wrong then and then and then i find out because i i switched back to the union game after the you know after halftime and then i'm scrolling on twitter and i see people talking that pochettino isn't in there and then they came out with this statement so i, I was really confused and i think we all were <laughs> Yeah, so basically they came out and said that the administrative paperwork for the league was not good enough in that in order to avoid any kind of penalties, they removed him from the lineup just to be safe, Um, which, I mean, here we go, right? It kind of sounds like it's a little – like I I hope it's not anything like that, but it did sound similar to the whole Blaze Matuidi stuff, like – not having the ducks in a row either with the league. And, and I think that that's a little bit better. It wasn't the club necessarily. I don't think that was the administrator problem. I think it was the league maybe. But then again, I, I think it's strange that the club decided that they were going to just hold him out due to precautions because maybe there becomes a rule where they have to forfeit games that he's played in or, you know, something like that. Um, deduct points in which he's played because he's on you know, money that he shouldn't be on or, or somebody else's spot was actually designated for him or who knows. Uh, what this so I don't, be. so here's the official release. Let me, let me, so this is from Austin FC. We were recently made aware of a potential league related administrative issue regarding Tomas Pochettino's registration. 
While the league believes there are no issues, they have requested we remove him from the starting lineup out of an abundance of caution. We are hoping to receive resolution shortly. To me, uh, what, what that speaks of, usually when they're talking about registration, that's registering the player from FIFA. So when they switch clubs, gotcha. uh, they have to register uh, the player for the league and stuff. So it was a transfer. So there was a transfer of money, right, to uh, the team. And then Austin gets the player. Maybe they they were made aware of there's some sort of hiccup with that paperwork for whatever reason. And they are trying to correct that. Why it would only be noticed now week two and not any of the off season? Because he started joining them like back in the end of February, early March. Yeah. when We started our recaps. Or, I mean, our previews. And then we had um, what? What was the other? Uh, and then uh, we had a whole week of games where yeah. he played. There was right. no issue. So to me, that's what I think it is. I don't think it would have anything to do with DPS, yeah. anything like that. MLS would have came out and said that they're investigating the same way as Matweedy. That's true, I guess. Yeah, but it is similar in the sense of there. There is something wrong with this, but I think this is bigger than an MLS. Uh, like rules situation mm-hmm. might just be a hiccup with the paperwork. It might be, it might smooth over real quick. Apparently, there's still been no update. He is training with the team, but uh, a little worrying. And uh, I know we are Austin TV and other accounts were speculating that their new signing, uh, Emmanuel Perez, on loan from Timbers after Timbers signed him from somebody else, right? So you know they had the allocation order. Uh, Timbers picked him, traded him, or loaned him to to uh, Austin. And some people thought that was some sort of emergency cover for Pochettino. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think no, right? I, I, I think these type of transfers are usually in the works for a while that that's not the case. You're not going to have somebody the next wants. day. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to have somebody the next day no. uh, if that's the case or two days later. Uh, so especially when it has to go through allocation order. So you would have had like the timbers would have had to been aware that you need him and that you have to trade for him and, and or loan them. And I don't think it's that, but uh, mm. you know, some people are a little worried that that's what it is. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, and it's a concern uh, anytime that he has to miss, he he's, he looked really good against LAFC. I, I thought that he, he looked like he's going to fit in this league. Um, so I just hope that that clears because uh, the team needs him. And, and plus, I want to watch him play because uh, I thought that he he did really well. And he, his free kicks are something to watch. They're kind of like David Silva a little bit where he just – it looks like he's threatening every time. But, um, yeah, no, as the game goes on, I think the biggest thing too was Ben Sweat tore his ACL 23rd minute um, out for the year. Um, so big news on that front. You know, who's going to fill into that left back position? Um, right now it looks like Kolmanek will – uh, they were they liked him in preseason, so I, I know that the Austin TV guys were speaking high on him on one that I'd listened to lately. Um, that they were pretty high on him defensively, but that's depth, right? And, and man, you can't lose defenders like Minnesota's getting uh, to find out here. I, I, the more defenders you lose, the more concerning it is. I will say, on a positive note. Uh, I, I think that Alex Ring is easily the best uh, acquisition that the team has made. Um, I think he makes such a difference, and he's such a keystone to this to this club going forward. Cecilio Dominguez finally looked like 
he just was going to tear the league up and we're only in week two when I say finally. Um, there were some issues with Danny Hosen. I think that, uh, you know, he they're still trying to find a nine that is reliable. And I think that that's maybe something that they try to look to improve as they do go forward as a club, just not now. Um, it does seem like they're willing to spend money. So, um, but overall, I mean, it, it was cool to see Austin get their first win. The, the fans were in troves there. Uh, our boy Aaron was on ESPN. We got a picture of him and, and tagged him on Twitter. Um, but yeah, they looked really good. And, and on the flip side, I think the Rapids have not looked very good. Um, attacking, they just don't look strong. Um, I don't think Jonathan Lewis has even touched the pitch, really. Um, maybe he came on late. Uh, yeah, he comes on late uh, in that match. But, man, they, they just don't. Like, I know they, they rely a lot on Bassett to create. Um, and having Kellen Acosta playing in the back line probably doesn't help. But yeah, I was worried look- about the Rapids this season. Yeah. If we look back at the Western preview, I have them at eighth. A lot of people have them as a dark horse for the West or higher. You have them six, mm-hmm. uh, but some people have them even higher than that. And I, I am concerned about them because I felt like they were last year kind of like this um, get where things kind of went their way at times. And, uh, I, and you know what? Rapids fans might jump on me and say, name specific, specific ugh, specifics. I'm having trouble talking today, but That's I can't. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't name specifics, but I'm just saying, like, to me, when I look at the squad and I look at the Rapids and stuff, it's not something that I'm like, okay, this is going to compete pretty well in this Western Conference that has players like Carlos Vela, uh, R- Raul Rui Diaz, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> Ch- Chicharito, and all these, you know, especially if LA is more emergent, if they are, mm. as we'll move into soon here, if they are going to continue that play then I can see the Galaxy kind of moving in there. I uh, Who do we have here? I have the Galaxy in there. I have FC Dallas in there. That might be wrong. We'll see. Uh, we have Sound. I have Sounders, Sporting, Minnesota, LAFC, and Portland. I'm trying to think of who would I remove out of there to put the Rapids. Maybe Dallas. Yeah, maybe but, Dallas. But then maybe Quakes get in there. Maybe Austin mm. gets in there. Like, RSL is looking pretty – you know, they've only played the one game. Houston's looked pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where, you know, this is what I'm talking about when you say MLS. One year you can go from, like, up here to down here. We just, you know, before the LA, LA Galaxy game and Red Bull game, they showed what uh, Red Bull celebrating their Supporter Shield of 2018 mm-hmm. win. And that feels like ages ago <laughs> that the Red Bulls won yeah. the Supporter Shield. But it's been two seasons, 19 and 20 since then. This is the third season. And... You can kind of go from that. You can go from, oh, we're in the playoffs as the Rapids to, oh, now we're out. Oh, now we're back in the next year. And I, I do think they need to solidify some of their squad. I think sometimes they're just too young. And it's going to get worse, I think. I think you will see, it's very realistic that in summer, if they're struggling, that you see a Sam Bynes move to championship or you know, Bundesliga or one of the Austrian leagues, or you see, you know, a Jonathan Lewis try to leave or a Cole Bassett try to leave, or, I mean, who knows at this point, uh, it's a young team that, and Bassett was the first one on everybody's list that, that would probably end up leaving before Sam, um, especially with some injuries now. Uh, Yeah. Like this team is one that you could look at and go, man, it's just a steady downhill or, you know, trend down that it, it just, yeah, I think that this could be, uh, and you might be right, Jordan. I think that it's a team that 
maybe just doesn't have that identity it needs in the West. I mean, that's one of the things when we're making our predictions. It was like, mm-hmm. especially after we, we talked about each team, we're like, oh, each of these teams, really good. And then yep. you start trying to fit everybody into the playoff spots, and you're like, you can't. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would be actually a bad season if they missed out on it because, again, for me, I felt like they overperformed last year. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it would be kind of like, okay, you're still okay. Uh, but I'm sure the fans – wouldn't like that. Anything else about Austin or Colorado here? I do want to say congrats, Austin, for their first ever win. That's pretty cool. Um, but uh, if not, I want to move on to one of those teams we talked about, which is the LA Galaxy. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I feel like <laughs> Logan's got a background that says Chitarito start has been out of this world. That has. Uh, a little pun there with the Galaxy, right? Uh, but yeah, it has been out of this world. Let me pull up his stats here for the video uh, watchers, and then we'll talk about it. He's got five goals in two matches. He had his first hat trick this weekend since 2014, I believe is what they said. And that's when he was mm-hmm. at Bayern Leverkusen. <laughs> so uh, it's it's been a bit for Chicharito to score hat trick, and he has just wanted it. You just He, he was on that pitch on Sunday in every bit of an attack, I thought he could get four or five, mm-hmm. to be honest. He was said so many chances. But I- I'm happy to see him get this hat trick, and I think it is important uh, to have a star like Chicharito do well here um, because, look, this raises the profile of the league. you got lots of uh, Mexican national team fans that love Chicharito. They might start watching the Galaxy. Um, it might, you know, it-, it might pull them into liking – Galaxy, the same way that, uh, you know, they may still like their Mexican team better, mm-hmm. right? But they might ha- be like, when they watch MLS, be like, oh, I'll watch Galaxy. Even when he leaves. Even when he leaves, they might be like, oh, I'll watch Galaxy. Or I'll watch LAFC Revela. But it's good yeah. to have them tuning into these games. It's the same way that kind of like some American fans now might follow, follow Chelsea because of Pulisic or follow Salzburg because of Aronson. Like, it helps grow that type of affiliation. So mm-hmm. it's great when we have players like Chicharito scoring in here. But my main plot line is not actually Chicharito's hat trick. It's the Galaxy are the only team to have won two out of two. I guess RSL could break that. Yeah, they're the only they ones that play can do it. Yeah. their second match. But we'll we'll see. By then, everybody else will be on like three games. But uh, the Galaxy are top of the West right now with six points right below them is seattle with five uh four points sorry four points and then lafc kansas city and vancouver all with four points uh the only team with zero points in the west minnesota (laughs) the only team with zero in the east new york red bulls uh we'll talk about that game a little later but it is something that is uh Pretty interesting, and it was their first time winning their first two games since I think they said 2010 or 12. That's back in the you know Donovan, Beckham, Robbie Keane days when they were a dynasty. So pretty good start for the Galaxy. Greg Vanny has turned this team around pretty quickly with help of Chicharito, but I think you got to look at what Vanny's doing. And you know, you know, when he came in, he said he needed to go talk to Chicharito and make sure that he's good to go and whatever he said to him whatever he's gotten him to do has worked 
And uh, what's your thoughts here on the LA Galaxy? Hot start to the season. I would just say that it's uh, that Greg Vanny is, uh, and and we talked about this. Um, you have him a little higher uh, than I did, just because I didn't think Chicharito. And and again, without Chicharito, this team's not off to the start. But a lot of it has to do with I think Greg Vanny, um, Victor Vasquez coming over from Toronto with him um, is a big big deal, uh, and he's played extremely well. It seems like he's got the attack figured out. Now it's just trying to kind of shore up that defense and. You know, it, it will struggle at times. It was the worst defense last year besides San Jose, and San Jose was record-breaking. Um, but, I, yeah, I think that it's Greg Vanny. I think that, you know, he's reinvigorated Chicharito. I think Chicharito respects him. I think that this is a coach that knows how to win, right? And uh, and I'm actually shocked that his name doesn't get thrown as, around as much as, like, Bob Bradley. I mean, Greg Vanny, and I think it'll help him being in L.A., um, Greg Vanny is one heck of a coach, one heck of a guy, and man, does he look sharp on a on a sideline? Just looks like he knows what he's doing over there. Yeah, fine dress too. Yeah, he is. Got, uh, got the yeah. suit down. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, we talked about their attack a bit, but their defense. Both games finished three mm-hmm. two, so pretty funny. They, they've scored six goals on the season, but they've given up four. That's a little worrying for the Galaxy, but you know, you can't argue that they that they one uh you know yeah both games people before i know you kind of brought up well you know the first game was against miami i said yes but miami just beat the union and scored yeah. two against the union but and the red bulls i think they're better than nycfc i think they're off to a slow start it might be even that be a manager issue we're not really sure what's going on with them yet they had a tough start skc and la galaxy right now is a hard gauntlet to start your first two weeks off mm-hmm. um so the fact that Red Bulls don't end up with points uh, at all is a little harsh on them. Mm-hmm. But I, I think when we look at the end of the season, if the Galaxy keep this up, we look back and we say, wow, th- this was pretty good move by Greg Vanny. I have them, as we just saw before, in seventh place. That's just at the playoff line. I was really buying into them this season. You have them eighth. Mm-hmm. I saw some people have them higher. I saw some people have them even lower than those. So we'll see where it goes from here. But if I'm an LA Galaxy fan, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty confident. Starting off against SKC and Red Bulls are pretty tough as well. So the fact that you got all six points from there, uh, well, they didn't start with SKC, sorry. Starting with Miami and Red Bulls is pretty pretty tough for LA Galaxy. Uh, you know, Miami might not look that tough right now, but they're up in the air. We we really have no idea what Miami is at this point. You know, like I said, they just beat the Union, who had one of the best defenses in the league last year, if not the best. Mm-hmm. So, if you're the Galaxy, you're trying to figure out. Okay, so is this was that Miami result bad because we gave up two against them, but the Union gave up two against them, so maybe we're good. But we gave up two to the Red Bulls. Is that good? We'll find right. out near the end of the year. We'll, we'll see where the Red Bulls land. We'll be like, okay, yeah, that, that was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, if I'm a Galaxy fan feeling really good about the start of the season, let's go to your last headline here. Yeah. Toronto FC, not on the pitch here. We're actually going to talk a signing. Jefferson Soteldo, if I said that right. I think it's Soteldo, I think. Taylor. I tried to look it up, Soteldo. Um, yeah, 
But um, so six million dollar fee coming in from Santos down in Brazil. He's playing in their uh, first division down there, uh, and Santos is a really well known club uh, in, in Brazil. Um, he is Jordan. I had to look this up because I thought they were lying. You want to guess his height? Five six. No. Oh, okay. Five two. I'm not <laughs> five kidding. Two. Really? Five I know he's two. short. I was watching the videos and I was like, oh my goodness. He's five two. He's, and he's 121 pounds. Um, and that might be soaking wet. Uh, the guy is very small in frame, but his stature, he's, he's big. Like he's bulky or, uh, like he's a stronger little guy. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, watching his and reading, I read through athletic, uh, and I read through some of the, um, I think TFC, uh, did a nice job covering him. And then there were some nice tweets out about him and some scouting reports out of Brazil, quick, fast on the ball. He can blow by defenders. Um, in a league that doesn't really typically have good right left and le- or right backs and left backs defending, um, if he would have been playing against this, you know, the uh, LA Galaxy team, for instance, or this Minnesota team, uh, I'm pretty sure that these guys would just have an absolute nightmare in trying to defend him. His pace, he's got great ability. He can play. Uh, he's a left winger. He can play some ten. He kind of can scoot up into that uh, center forward role. Um, which, you know, they do have some depth there, but they've both been hurt. Uh, uh, Iowa, um, he's been hurt. Josie's been hurt. Um, it, it, it's an attack that doesn't really have any teeth. And I think they just got some pretty sharp teeth. Um, this guy from the sounds of it it is just going to absolutely wreck this league. Um, he's got, uh, four, four goals and five assists. Uh, in the games that he's played down there, which aren't like eye popping, but they said in MLS, if that translates, this could be an easy, you know, nine, 10, 12 assists with eight or nine goals. And that's a really good winger for this league, uh, which I totally agree. I think that this could be a huge move if Toronto can stay healthy. Now the question is, can Toronto stay healthy? Had a really tough start so far. They've done well in CCL, hasn't translated well to MLS. They got absolutely trounced by Mar- uh, Montreal, which, you know, that's starting to look not so bad because uh, Montreal's been so good. Um, and then they got uh, they drew with Vancouver this last weekend. So um, this could be a huge signing. And it's a it's a kid. He's 23. He's uh, young. He, he's, you know, he's got good leadership qualities and everything that I've read about him so far. Um, just his pace is like lightning speed. So um, I'm excited to watch what he what he can do for Toronto. Same. Look, anytime an MLS team wants to go out and buy one of these South American young playmakers, I am all for it. This is going to be – it's good for the league. It's good for him. It's good for Toronto. And then I guess if he wants to move on, what, in two to three years, they can sell him if he does well. So uh, pretty good pickup for Toronto and out of nowhere too. So really enjoyed that. Um. My last topic here is VAR. Yes, the VAR. I wanted to highlight it because usually when we talk about it on Stoppage Time Soccer Show, it's negative. I'm so confused. (laughs) This is a good highlight. This is a good headline. VAR, these first two weeks, has been spectacular. And I do want to say, yes, we had like three goals wiped out due to offsides in that first game, the SKC Orlando game, 
but they were all the right decisions. They were all the right calls, and they took little to no time at all to make these calls. Go over, check. Oh, no, we're good. It's in. Then we have in the LAFC match, uh, not LAFC, what's it, the LAFC match? The, The LA Galaxy match, I know for sure, had Chicharito's first or second goal wiped out for offside. He was clearly on. They look at it. They see he's clearly on. Goal. It gets overturned. The goal. Uh, they called him off originally. They overturn it to being onside and a goal. And I'm just, you know, looking at this and I say, this is how you do it. You don't draw lines on a thing. You look over at the monitor. Is there enough right now? If I look at this that says, yes, he's on. No, he's off. Then make the decision. Uh, if you can't tell without drawing lines, then the call stands. It should be that simple. It moves the game along. We're not taking five-minute VAR checks for then the ref to come out and look confused and be like, no goal. And then the players are like, what? I was clearly in line with this guy. It's it was it's just simple. And I and I really like the way that MLS is doing these VAR calls. And like I said, they took no time at all. It was quick. They went to it like three or four times in that <laughs> SKC game. They went to it a few times in the LA Galaxy game and throughout the weekend. And really, I couldn't see any sort of hiccups no. with VAR this weekend. No, it's a beautiful thing. And, and we just we, we spend so much time on stoppage because it is so bad um, over there in Europe. It, mm-hmm. it, it changes the complexion of games. And, and imagine when fans are there. I mean, we haven't got we've got we haven't gotten to see what it would look like with fans there blowing down these referees necks, um, which you hope wouldn't change anything, but it's England, right? It it, it might uh, in the way that they determine, okay, what am I actually seeing versus these people are yelling at me from around this monitor. Um, It can have a little bit of sway. Whereas dude, you're, you're not wrong. Like watching the SKC Orlando game, you know, I'm expecting like VAR, I could go, get some popcorn, hang out, like, <laughs> you know, and they go and then they do this and you're like, Oh God, God, now we got to go over to the screen and, and listen to it. Um, whereas MLS, it, it's so impressive how like this young league, 26 years old now has figured it out completely. I, I love everything about it. it. It's what, you know, isn't it clear an advantage? Is it clear, you know, and the clear and obvious thing is just like beautiful. Cause it's like, Oh, that doesn't really, I mean, it's, here's what it looks like. Here's what I see. And you're right. This doesn't give a clear advantage. So why change it? Um, I love it. I love everything about VAR as it works in MLS and it keeps the game going. And it's literally within seconds of them going and looking at it that they're like, okay, yep. I agree. So it's a beautiful thing. Um, they go over and take a look. Here's what gets me. I was watching uh, baseball and MLS. I've been watching lots of MLB, lots of MLS, lots of European Mm -hmm. soccer. And European soccer and MLB are very alike in the sense of European soccer, they go over, they do the box, right? They look at it and they stand there for six minutes while they watch it. And then they come back and be like, all right, same call. Or they'll overturn it. And you're like, okay. Baseball, they'll, they'll sit there with their headsets on to New York for seven minutes and then come back and be like, out. And it's like, that's what you already called, and we already looked at the proof, and it shows he's safe. What are you doing? To me, if you if you have to watch it seven times, and I can tell on the first watch, yes or no, or if I can tell 
on the second watch. Why are you taking seven minutes, six minutes, five minutes to watch this? If it's if there's if you go and watch it for five minutes and there is you can't tell, then just stick with what's called. I don't care. Yes. Just stick with what's called. Stop wasting my time. Yep. If you go over there and you can clearly see it, then just come back. What are you taking so long for? There's times I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, that's clearly onside. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there for another three minutes while they figure it out. MLS is like, they go over and they're like, oh no, yeah, he was on. All right, <laughs> yeah. yeah, goal stands. Nice, awesome. Let's move on. It was great. Yep, agreed. Let's move 100% on. The, agree. Let's move on to the rest of the weekend here. Uh, we were just talking about Orlando SKC. Three goals called back for offsides. All of them the best call, mm-hmm. uh, the right call. Nani with a slick back heel finish, which is, I'm gonna say it here. We're, we're supposed to be picking goals of the week. We haven't done yeah. it yet. Goal of the week for me. Nani's back heel. Uh, originally caught offside. I, w- I saw it on the first take and I said, you know, first replay, I said, that should be onside. I think I texted you that. That's, yeah. that's onside. Yep. And they came right back and they said, yep, onside. And I was like, faith is restored in VAR <laughs> right now. But uh, what was your takes here on your Orlando City uh, Lions uh, taking on SKC away from home? Mm-hmm. They've had a tough start to the season with Atlanta and SKC. Two draws for Orlando. What's your take on the start of the season? I, I like it. I the the I thought the Atlanta game, um, they they got what they deserved. I actually thought the SKC game that they they played a little carelessly at the end of the half when Busio gets that. It's like a forty five minute goal or forty fifth minute or forty fourth minute goal or something. Yeah, it was like right before half. Yeah, it was right before half, and it was a, it was it was a, a clear mistake by by the defenders. Um, trying to clear the ball out. Uh, so I actually think that like, it's not the best start, but playing two really tough teams that are going to be playoff teams, um, teams that I think that are pretty equal as far as talent. Like I think that I, I think we can honestly say SKC, Orlando, Atlanta, uh, maybe in the West, it would be like, I guess Seattle, but Seattle looks good. Um, but like those four or five teams, right? Pretty even on talent. I think that going into Children Mercy Park and getting a point there in a really tough environment is good. Um, and you're also playing without a typical nine, which I think if you had a typical nine, some of those chances that, that we weren't quite getting it. Uh, one thing that I, I will say, I, I don't I don't know if it was just because of rest or what it was, but I didn't. I thought Chris Mueller was our best player against Atlanta and he didn't play, but like, you know, 30 minutes for, Orlando City. Um, but yeah, Nani Nani looked really good, which was good to see because he had looked like crap against Atlanta. Um, and then SKC, it, it, it did. It felt like a very even game uh, when you kind of shook out some of the, the issues and, and kind of the back and forth. I, I think Atlanta game got what you deserve. Probably could have won the SKC game, which would have been a huge road win. Um, but right now I'm looking at it. And like you said, I think that the Nani goal end up being one of the top goals of the year just because it, it's so Nani. The way that he, he back heels it, he kind of just goes, yeah, that was going to go in. <laughs> oh, it was so cool. It was, it was cool. It was so cool. It was like yeah. so slick, so cool. He's just yeah. like, yeah, whatever. I'm <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, yep. yep. Um, but no, I agree. I, I think that uh, I don't really have much else to say. I think it's a pretty even playing ground with, with SKC, I think. Yeah, pretty good start for Orlando. I think, mm-hmm. you know, some people probably thought Orlando would kind of come a little hotter to start, but you know, you lost Pato. You don't have Daryl DK. 
two points against Atlanta and mm -hmm. SKC from last year's results and from just history's sake and what they're supposed to be this year. That's been really good. good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, I don't have much else to say either, but, yeah. uh, you know, Busio with the nice finish there. I've been a little hard on him in the past, but he is only 18. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe he'll leave at some point as well. But, uh, yeah, just over, over well, uh, overall, just, just good there. VAR was perfect. Entertaining game. 1-1 one, one finish. Nice back heel equalizer in the 78th minute. So, pretty good. It was almost at the point where I, I thought you were getting ready to, you know, jump off a cliff there because you, yeah. you were all like, uh, I don't know how many. It, it, three of those goals were called for offside. Two of them were called for offside for Orlando, I think, right? Yeah. It was yeah, like it almost was, every time you're like, yes. yeah, goal. And I'm yep. like, eh, it's offside again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it, it did get to that point. But then I was like, you know what? This looks a lot better than what we did against Atlanta. It looked like yeah, Benji yeah. and then we're getting forward really. That's who I thought. Like Benji Michelle looked good. Mendez always looked good. Um, I, I thought that they played superb. I think Juan is is probably top three or four right backs in the league. Um, so, no, it, it's a lot of fun. Antonio Carlos just – uh, solid but yeah no it, it's a lot of fun um and yeah i was about to jump it off but then i was like this is a good point this is a good away point uh, at skc it's a tough place to play um let's move on to montreal you alluded to them earlier <laughs> this was wild our wooden spoon picks right <laughs> um not looking so good right now on that prediction no. Uh, they draw with Nashville 2-2. Is there something wrong with Nashville here? Uh, Nashville has to come back again from 2-0 down early on. 13th minute, Mason Toy scores a goal for Montreal. Then you have a uh, deflection that gives them a 2-0 lead, right? And mm -hmm. then you got, uh, what, Randall Leal uh, yeah. uh, crossing in to find Cadiz mm -hmm. uh, on a header. And then uh, we get a, another goal. Uh, when was that one? I'm trying to find here on your notes. Uh, Mukhtar, there we go, in the 77th minute to tie it up. Like you said, second week in a row they come down from two down. Uh, Montreal kind of looked a little probably gassed in the last 25 minutes, not knowing mm -hmm. what they're doing. But uh, were we a little too harsh on Montreal here? I'm going to put the graphic up for everybody. There it is with the wooden spoon next to it. Um, because they've come out storming out of the gate, but or or is this a Nashville issue? Are they just being too leaky at the beginning of games right now? Uh, I will say I, I think that the teams at the I think that the teams at the bottom of the East aren't as weak as we thought they were. Um, I, I would say DC United hasn't really done much with me. Um, so like I don't think Montreal is going. To, I, this is tough because it's gotten me in trouble last time we did this. Um, <laughs> I don't think Montreal is like going to stay up that far. I think they are playing really well. Um, my biggest issue with them is once the goals stop from Mason toy, because they tend to stop with Mason toy uh, you've got Kyoto. And then, you know, you're hoping that Jordy Mihailovic plays the way that he's been playing. Um, I want to be higher on them. I'm just not yet convinced because um, against teams again that won Nashville, I mean they were leaking goals out the back, which uh, it didn't. That that's not normal for them. Like Cincinnati, they, I thought Cincinnati created really well on, on Nashville for the first 15 minutes, um, and then they're always playing from behind. And I think Nashville is a pretty decent team, but 
Um, no, I, I don't know. I, it's really tough because it's only the second game in the year, but I'm trying to think of the other teams that I've seen this year. Um, and really, I mean, Nashville, D.C. United, Red Bulls, maybe NYCFC um, are teams that haven't played better than Montreal. Um, and I think with the addition, Toronto got better. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still – jury's still out on Montreal for me. Yeah, it's uh... – if I'm a Nashville fan, you know, we, we thought they had a pretty good chance. I'll put up the Eastern predictions again. I have them seventh. You have them sixth. Thought that would be pretty decent. Little slow start. Two points, which is okay. Both games at home, though. Both games at home, though, and giving up yeah. two quick goals, uh, you know, early on both games and having to come back. At least they're coming back. They're making yeah, some sort of, you know, they are getting points for it, but. At some point, they're probably going to come across a team that's not Montreal or or uh, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and if they give up two early goals, maybe they end up giving four, or they can't come back, and you know they're they're losing points. So I'd be a little worried about that. Um, Montreal, I think, could be pleasantly surprised. You know, when we talked um, uh, earlier in our preview, you know, we 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 heard that you know Nancy might be. Uh, a good continuation for Andre's uh, plan and that mm-hmm. uh, he's been there a while. And, and I kind of tried to compare that to, um, Oh, who did I compare that to? I compared it to a manager. Uh, I, I don't even remember who I compared that to. Wow. I compared it to a manager who came in and kind of was able to continue uh, and, and kind of uh, maybe Jim Curtin um, that I kind of compared it to, but, uh, and it's looking pretty good. Good mm-hmm. start to the season here. So let's move on to the other Canadian teams. Vancouver at Toronto. So this one ended 2-2 as well. Toronto got a lead seven minutes in. Uh, then we had uh, a – just trying to find the breakdown of the rest of the scoring here. Uh, just a second. Here it is. Okay. So I mean, then we had a penalty in the 55th minute to give Vancouver an equalizer. Then Vancouver took the lead in the 70th minute, and then Jonathan Osorio in the 83rd to uh, to win. I mean, to draw, equalize. Uh, Vancouver, we had pretty low in our standings. We had them at the bottom of the West, but they've had a decent start. And for Toronto, we have them seventh and six. So, uh, what any takeaway from this game at all? Toronto had a rough start against Montreal, but they kind of came back. And guess what? If they were an American team, I don't think they would have qualified for the <laughs> Open Cup with this start of these two we teams. Got it right. But go ahead. Uh, anything you want to say about them? Um, I guess Vancouver. I mean, Cavallini is so good. Every time that he's on the pitch and he's running into spaces, I will say Toronto pretty much took him out of the match. And, I, and you know, I think that's actually the difference. I actually think Tor- or Vancouver played better than Toronto did at times. But the, the difference was uh, Michael Bradley uh, and Okello in that center defensive mid. They, they were kind of deeper uh, in the center mid. Um, they were really just stuck to Cavallini. So wherever Cavallini went, that's where they went. Um, so they didn't really get any space in there. And I, and again, they don't have a creative 10 and that's been the biggest thing. When we talked to Sam 
you know, what's the, what was the biggest issues, you know, what were some things that were concerning going in and it was not having that DP 10. And then that's the first thing that Axel Schuster um, and Mark, uh, what's it? The Dos Santos, I think it's called Dos Santos. Um, That's the biggest concern for them was not having that, playmaking 10 that can take those balls and put them into those gaps for Cavallini uh, when Cavallini can't get loose into those tight spaces uh, where Bradley and Okello were. Um, and I didn't know Okello plays everywhere because Okello was playing striker <laughs> against Club Lyon and, and T- or the CCL. And now he's playing like a defensive. The kid can play everywhere. He's huge too. He's massive. Um, so I've been really impressed with him, but th- there's not much else to say besides the fact that Vancouver need a big number 10 and I'm not quite sure Toronto has what it takes without Pozuelo being um, healthy and in their mix uh, because that's such a huge loss. And Akinola, not having him around because Josie's not around, that's a big loss too. They just don't have that go-to striker that they really need. They did sign a new player though. That is true. Uh, they, they did sign a alligator that was on their property during their training. Hey, the, the attack with a lot of bite, so – yeah they welcome to florida right that's where they're playing <laughs> did you see okay so uh alex letal who's the ceo of orlando city yeah tweeted out he goes i'm pretty sure that's against the homegrown rights and you can't have that player because technically he's <laughs> ours <laughs> there you go that was good so already fighting know. over him uh yeah. let's move on to dallas san jose so dallas drew with rapids last week nil nil they lose to san jose three one mm, got bashed <laughs> Yeah, and this is one of those where we're like, I, I think I texted you like San Jose's back to what they were last year. Just uh, they're gonna they're gonna lose or draw, and then they're gonna score a ton and and win another game, and then next week they're probably gonna lose by four, and then the following week they're gonna draw, and the week after that they're gonna win by three, and it's just gonna go like that the whole season. I had them ninth. You have them ninth as well. So uh, they win three one over. Dallas, and we did have uh, a young player sighting, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about oh. Wondolowski. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, San Jose actually had a missed penalty 19 minutes in. Christian Espinoza missed. Then you get a made penalty 34 minutes in by Oswato Alanis. Uh, and then you have Espinoza scoring, assisted by Cade Cowell, and then a goal by Cade Cowell. And then uh, Ricardo Pepe for uh, Dallas in the 79th minute. 89th minute, Wondolowski, red card. <laughs> Just, it had everything, right? It, it had did. a Wando red card for an attacker. It had wild. a uh, three, four goals in the game, a missed penalty. It really had everything. This was the Unimas Twitter game, by the way. Uh, any thoughts here on either of these two teams? Uh, Cade Cowell's goal, if you haven't seen it. Uh, for a, I want to say he's 17. Um, he's a high schooler. They kept calling him the high schooler. Um, the, he, uh, he's so strong, like for a young kid. Um, and there's another kid that we're going to get to here in a little bit, but, uh, Cade Cowell, remember the name because man, the United States is just cranking out top level talent. And Cade Cowell, I think is no exception. The kid is so strong. Um, and, and the move that he puts on two defenders and puts them in a complete bind and then scores that goal. Uh, we weren't were impressed with him a ton. He didn't get involved against Houston, but, but the game against Dallas, man, he just, he lit them up, um, which was a lot of fun to watch. 
Yeah, Doyle posted the gif of his uh, pass. Yeah, on the assist, I think yep. it was, and it was a uh, it was a good pass. So, yeah, it's creative. Uh, not much else to say there. San Jose, mm-hmm. pretty much same old, same old. Dallas, maybe some warning signs here, mm-hmm. but uh, still kind of early yeah. in the no season. No Jesus so, Ferrer, we'll either. So. Right, right. So they're down. Player, my game of the weekend from last episode that ended up not being my game of the weekend <laughs> was Seattle at LAFC. Uh, this free kick by LAFC early on. I, I want to talk about this. Was almost one of my topics. Yeah, I knew it would be. But uh, yeah. Stefan Fry and and uh, who was it? It was New Who. Was it New Who? It was New Who. Yeah. New Who's trying to communicate to. Hey, do you want me to lay down? Because this yeah. is a new thing that's really come about in the last like two years. That behind the wall is a player laying down. It looks goofy, mm-hmm. and so that way when they jump, there's somebody there that gets hit by the ball if they try to put it under the wall. And um, Fry says no, right? No, we're good. Then free kick during the free kick. Uh, what well, is out to Westa, right? Yeah, it's out to Westa. Yep. Steps up, the wall jumps. He puts it underneath of them. He goes <laughs> in the bottom left corner. One one nil. Eighty two seconds in. Quickest goal in LAFC. Eighty two seconds in. Absolutely crazy. The commentators were like, whoa, because they were actually talking about it. John Champion and Taylor Tolman was actually talking about them with the, the new Who Fry wall thing before it happened. And then it happened. And I'm sitting there like, wonderful. If you're out to Westa and you heard all of that, you're like, okay, well then I'm going to just put this under, right? But yeah. also the, the point is, uh, Casey Keller brought it up. I think Tolman brought it up. This free kick is so close to the goal, you shouldn't have to jump. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's going to get it up, over, and in uh, that co- close. So you you would have to just not jump, right? And he probably skies it over the bar. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the miscommunication came in. Stefan Fry's like, uh, probably like, no, like, don't jump, you know? And then those players are like, but we always jump. It's a wall. Yeah. Like we always yeah, do it, right? Jump. And then they jump. And then Atuas is like, thank you. And, uh, you know, they, they asked um, Schmetzer at halftime, is that something that they ever practice? He said, it's not usually something they, they dictate. Uh, they usually don't practice it, but that they're probably going to practice it now. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your thoughts on that f- opening free kick? Uh, same that you said. I mean, it, it I think it was brilliant by Eduardo Atuesta just to to know what's going on, to be aware. And he's easily one of the best midfielders in the league Um, to know that and to expect that and to place it correctly. Cause think about it, like the balls on the ground, that's still a really hard kick to get it to stay flat as much as possible underneath the the boots. I don't know how anybody does it. I don't know how anybody keeps a a hard hit ball low on the ground. Mm -hmm. Perfect placement. It was great. It was. So, no, I totally agree with you. I think it was brilliant. And I think that the whole miscommunication, because I, I actually thought that, I mean, they didn't have Vela or Rossi. I actually thought that Seattle, once again, looked like the better team. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to build on. The roll downs are just so good. Uh, it's like they haven't really even missed a beat without Jordan, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and, and hopefully he can get back soon. 
Yeah. Uh, Liverpool legend Brad Smith scores his first goal. <laughs> yeah. <for Seattle. laughs> We, we, uh, for people that listen to Stoppage Time, we text Matt because Matt's a Liverpool fan. We're like, hey, do you ever remember Brad Smith? It was a Liverpool player for like five appearances or one appearance. Five appearances, one appearance in the FA Cup. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said, wasn't he a goalkeeper? I said, no. So, no, he did not remember him. Uh, he was thinking Brad Jones, who was the goalkeeper for Liverpool for a while, like third string goalkeeper. But, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, one, one draw, not much else to say about there. Um, yeah, I, I think Seattle, like I said, it hasn't really missed a beat. Uh, they came back from 82 second goal to uh, draw and they looked the better team. Uh, we already talked to RSL Minnesota. Let's get DC United versus the revolution. Uh, DC have 11 hurt players. Yeah, Neither team really list. looked up for this. We have a, what own goal yeah. uh, for a Heinz Ike. Yep. That gives Revs the win. Twelve combined shots and just three on target. Uh, not much really no. to say about <laughs> this one. But the brutal. Revs, the Revs get the, the three points. Yeah, at home uh, for the first time in Gillette with fans. I guess we could say that. That's about all that happened. That was eventful. So. Let's move on to Inter Miami Philadelphia Union, which was in the city of brotherly love. And there was some brotherly love here as we have uh, Jamira Montero scoring the first goal of the union season in the 54th minute after, uh, you know, it seemed like they had so many chances. And then you have Federico Higuain finding his brother, Gonzalo Higuain in the 73rd minute to make it one, one. And then 10 minutes later, Federico Higuain scoring the header to take the lead. The Union recorded 13 shots compared to Miami six, but they only put one away. Um, you know, Sergio Santos started the game instead of uh, instead of Fontana. Um, you know, kind of like a game that seemed to be under the Union's control that then ended up not being under their control, and they lose that one. Uh, the obviously the. Uh, Goalkeeper John McCarthy is a former Philadelphia Union product as well. But Higuain, uh, sorry, I have to clarify, Federico Higuain uh, did dedicate his goal to his mother. This was about a day or two before she ended up passing away. So the Higuains mm-hmm. just lost their mother, I think, yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Um, so, you know, we just want to say that, uh, you know, that that's awful and uh, hope that everything is good there. And that they're feeling okay. I think they lost her to cancer, actually. Yeah, she'd been battling for a bit. So, any thoughts here on the Union or Inter Miami? Inter Miami put two against the Galaxy. They put two against the Union. Are they looking pretty good? Yeah, and Robbie Robinson has played really well. So that's yeah. been that's been really cool to watch and kind of just bouncing around. And you know, he'd always been touted as one of those up and coming players, never really kind of fit in, and and now he's playing well. So that that's really cool to see. Um, and yeah, the Iguain brothers, uh, kind of a cool moment to, to share that together when probably knowing that mom wasn't going to make it too much longer. Um, I just get chills thinking about it. But um, yeah, no, it, and, and on the union side, they play tonight, uh, CCL. So uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh, the night that, you're, that we're recording this. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of bounce back. I, I just think still that they have one of the best defenses uh, in the league. 
um, just got kind of leaky there at the end, you know, 73 minutes in. That's pretty good to make it that far. And, and losing those at the end, it stinks. But I think those are the ones that you kind of go, okay, that's a game we just lost. Got to pick it back up. And they've definitely got the defense to do it. So I'm excited to see. Um, no Fontana was interesting, but we thought maybe that was because of rotation. Um, and Jim Curtin kind of given Fontana um, with Santos coming in and playing that striker next to um, Chabelko. Chicago. Atlanta, Chicago. 3-1 Atlanta. Ezekiel Barco with, uh, hmm. well, you know what? That would probably be goal of the week. week contender. Yeah. There you go. I didn't want to take that, <laughs> that one. Was I'll let you have that one. Um, uh, then Luka Stojanovic for the fire equalizing in the 46th minute. 66-minute uh, own goal for Johan Kapelhoff uh, to give the, uh, the five stripes the lead. And then Emerson Hindman putting one away in the 85th to make it 3-1. Joseph Martinez came in in the 67th minute. Uh, kind of a, a really good result for Atlanta. Chicago might be who we thought they were. They're kind of near the bottom right now. They're in 12th, along with Cincinnati and New York Red Bulls. I think Red Bulls obviously going to come up a bit. But, uh, yeah, when we look at standings, Chicago down the 14th, uh, or not 14th, uh, 12th, we have them finishing 13th and 11th. So, yeah, they're right in the middle of both of ours right now. Still early, but, you know, Atlanta just, you know, they couldn't score against Orlando. They go out there and score three this time. The Union play them tonight from when we're recording within an hour. Mm -hmm. They're going to be playing. So uh, a little nervous as a Union fan because we, we don't really do well all that well on Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So I, I am nervous that we're going to be playing Atlanta there in that first leg. But uh, thoughts, Logan, on either of these teams? Um, I mean, for the scoreline, it was good. Uh, I, I don't think Atlanta played, like, extremely well. Uh, Barco looks really good. Um, but it wasn't like uh, it wasn't a complete domination of, of Chicago. Uh, I actually think Lucas Stojanovic looks really good. Like, he's played extremely well for for the Fire. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was. But it was a nice win for Atlanta being back in front of those fans. That I mean, those fans are wild. <laughs> that stadium. Uh, good luck winning there for whoever is going to travel into Mercedes Benz. Because you got to make impossible. a trip up there. You know, you're not I, you too know far away. Yeah, you I really will. got it to because yeah. I, I want to go there so badly too and you know mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't covid and if it wasn't so far away it would have mm-hmm. been great to go there for the for the champions league but yeah. uh, i just you know unfortunately i'm not rich i can't swing <laughs> that uh but uh let's move on to the last game that we have to talk about here houston at portland uh portland end up they end up i'm um, looking for the score winning against houston dynamo i couldn't remember that off the top of my head yeah, uh fria score six minutes in uh parade's own goal in the 28th to uh give houston an equalizer then he scores his own not his own goal because that was the first thing that goal. he scores his own offensive goal where he scored <laughs> to give timbers the lead and the win in the 73rd minute portland timbers rebounding from that loss against vancouver houston looked good against san jose then you know lose against portland is there much to read into these results 
Um, Houston, I think, is better than we thought. Might challenge up out of that bottom. I'm not sure if they can keep consistent. Um, I will say they did play a Portland team that was rotating. Uh, you know, they, they a team that basically basically he used he used it as like first half he used some of the players that are going to appear in the starting eleven normally, and then second half he made the changes of like Valeri came up and stuff like that. I, I will say the coolest moment of this game was Diego Valeri lost his father recently. Um, and after the first goal uh, that they scored, they all went over and they hugged Diego because he was on the bench, um, which was a cool moment. But yeah, they, not not too much to take away from this game because Portland was kind of playing with a, a mismatch team because they're trying to rotate players for Champions League, which you know they've got later on this week. All right, uh, so let's go ahead and do our power rankings real quick. Um, we only did a top five, so don't yell at us too much here. You can actually yell at Logan. He put most of these together. I, ju- I just said, hey, <laughs> make sure you add this team. So uh, that you don't get yelled at. So okay. I don't get yelled at. Here we go. Power rankings. I didn't really center this all that well. Number one, Seattle Sounders. Number two, LAFC. Number three, LA Galaxy. Number four, Columbus Crew. Number five, Atlanta United. So I'm going to ask you, Logan, uh, why? Because I okay, so I had to put Galaxy in here. I, I saw some people, like the official MLS power mm-hmm. rankings, have Galaxy a tenth. Like I get it. They only and they in their description literally just says Chicharito. Um, <laughs> so I get it that you know they were kind of down on them originally, so they probably don't want to go overboard. But I think when they had this out of a start and they haven't had this type of start for the last, you know, almost 10 years, I feel like I have to have them in the top five, right? Yeah. I mean, what's your thoughts here on these power rankings? So I, I, I want to talk about the Sounders. Um, yeah. A 4-0 blowout of a team that many thought were dark horses to win it. Uh, an MLS Including cover. Me? Yeah. Com- uh, compete for that number one spot in the West. Uh, and then they go and share a point with LAFC uh, at LAFC on maybe a goal that shouldn't have, you know, been a goal uh, if they would have kind of gotten their head on straight and kind of figured that out without Tuesta. Um, and I thought that the rest of the match, they had very much more, uh, they had more chances. They had more uh, abilities to create an attack. And I, I thought that the role Dons were really good. Um, Josh Atencio, that was another name that I wanted to mention when I was mentioning Cade Cal. Josh Atencio, American, 19 years old, kind of that deeper-lying midfielder, but very creative, very physical, wins balls a lot, uh, plays very well in the attack. Um, and he's looked phenomenal against uh, them, against uh, Reynoso, who that he was trying to compete with. Um, so, no, I, I think that the Sounders, uh, that's why I pick them number one. And then the Galaxy, like you said, Jordan, um, the crew will just kind of leave alone. They haven't played, but they're still, they're such a strong team that it, it's hard to put they them played out. one game. Yeah. Uh, and they played, you know, Philly at home, but it, it was just kind of a wish wash game. Um, I, I think that the, the galaxy, like you said, I, I still think that that's deserving. They're the only team to win two matches and week. uh, this is week two. Um, they've got six points, right? Uh, they come from behind to beat Miami, 
Um, so I think that that, 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 that deserves a, a spot in the top. And then until they drop a couple points here or they lose to somebody that's not so great who's lower down the standings, then I think that's when they start to move themselves down. But right now, I just – I mean, how do you stop a guy that has five goals? Like, you don't. <laughs> the, the kid, it's just uh, – kid. Uh, the old man just has a nose for goal, and, and he's going to find ways to score, and that's why the Galaxy are third for us. Yep, and then uh, we have uh, Atlanta fifth, which you know yeah. I, I think I think some people think we're crazy for thinking Atlanta's going to be good this year, but uh, I, I think common consensus is that with the pieces they've added, with the coach they've added, they should be you know pretty good. Mm-hmm. I can't, in good consciousness, put like the Philadelphia Union up there right now. I can't put uh, maybe you could put the Revs up there. But really, they just barely beat DC United, and they drew with the fire, right? Which isn't great. So, if you're looking at results as well, of who's played who, like LA, yeah, FC has faced Seattle, mm-hmm. so that's good. Seattle faced Minnesota; they're off to a really good start. Uh, the crew only faced the Union, so you might even be able to remove them if you wanted to. But most people think that they're still good enough to be high power ranking. Um, LA Galaxy, like we already said, Atlanta. I mean, like we just said. So, for for me, I think this is a good top five. Not much else to really go on there. Are we good to talk some schedules? Let's do it. All right. So tonight, the day that this is recording, obviously, probably already going to be on TV by the time that you listen to this. Atlanta, Philadelphia is tonight at 8 o'clock on FS1, and then at 10 o'clock, Toronto versus Cruz Azul on FS1. Tomorrow, April 28th, the Wednesday, is Columbus versus Monterey at 8.30 on FS2 due to a baseball game on FS1, I believe. Then at 10.30 is Portland versus Club America in uh, on FS1. Then on the Saturday matches, New York Red Bulls versus Chicago. Probably should be a good three points for New York Red Bulls. You would think uh, on MLS Live on ESPN Plus at 1 o'clock on Saturday, May 1st. 2 o'clock, Salt Lake versus Kansas City on ESPN Plus. 3 o'clock, Montreal versus Columbus. That will be interesting to see if Montreal continues their hot form. And that one, that's on ESPN Plus as well. 3.30 on Twitter, Univision and TUDN, Houston Dynamo versus LAFC. Then at 7 o'clock, we have a little break there. 7 o'clock, New England Revolution versus Atlanta United on ESPN Plus. On 7.30, Orlando versus SC Cincinnati. My good friend and yours, our co-host Logan Stump, uh-huh. will be there. I will. Leaky, leaky defense. Come on. <laughs> if you don't get a goal in that game, I don't know. What that's to tell what you. I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> so that that's a good. And at the same time, Philadelphia Union versus Your NYCFC. Guys. So yeah, I guess I'll be watching that one instead of yours. Uh, oh, then at eight o'clock, Dallas versus Portland. These are all on ESPN+. Plus. There's no national games other mm. than the Twitter game. Then at 8 o'clock, Minnesota versus Austin. Can Minnesota get out of their slump, or will Austin get their second win of their history? That'll be pretty big. 
Then at 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock, San Jose versus DC United. So I'll be up until 1 a.m. there watching that match. That's also on ESPN+. Then on Sunday, we got three matches. 1 o'clock, Nashville versus Inter-Miami on ESPN. I will be playing a softball game at 4 o'clock. No, so I should be good to watch that. Yeah, Miami, I should be good to go watch that. Miami will go up 2-0 and Nashville will come back and win. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? This is at Nashville as well. Oh, no. <laughs> That's three in a row. That's not fair. That is weird. That is very odd. Uh, then at 9 p.m. So I get a nice break for like I go to do nice my break. I do my doubleheader softball games in between. I come home, take a shower, That's relax, insane. and I watch Seattle versus LA Great Galaxy. Game. The game of the weekend. I yep. will say it again. Game of the weekend, FS1, 9 o'clock on Sunday, Seattle versus LA Galaxy. Chicharito, five goals in two games up against Rui Raul Diaz. Rui Diaz. This should be fun. Then at 10 o'clock on ESPN Plus is Vancouver versus the Rapids, which uh, I'm probably skipping that one until the other game is over. You know, I'm probably going to watch the – I'm probably going to have to watch the Seattle-LA game fully, and mm. then I'll catch the second half or whatever of Vancouver-Colorado. Uh, but, yeah, th- that's your weekend here, so pretty interesting. One thing we also noted is next week after that, uh, the 8th, Guess who's on Fox? LA Galaxy versus LAFC. So LA has had all four of their first games on uh, TV, um, on national TV. So uh, looks like, look, even though they weren't great last year, the, the other, you know, the mark, they're like, this is a big market. We're going to play this. And I'm really excited for the first El Trafico mm-hmm. of the season. I cannot wait until May 8th to watch those two teams. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to get your thoughts on that, El Trafico. It'll be fun. Uh, I I hope it's good. I mean, look, uh, nothing I don't think will ever beat the first. I think it was the first El Trafico when Zlatan came on. And he's, you know, LAFC's winning. Galaxy come back and win it. And it was just, it was awesome. It was really awesome. But. Yeah, looking forward to it. Any other notes here on this on this upcoming week? Uh, I'm a couple games I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Atlanta game. They play. Uh, they go up against New England. Um, so I think those are two teams that are going to be kind of jockeying for top positions, maybe the East. Um, and then uh, actually, you know what? I'm really interested to see how Houston does against LAFC. Uh, I've just kind of been impressed with Houston, and and I want to see, you know, LAFC obviously is a really good team, but I think that getting given a chance, I think um, at home in Houston, uh, maybe no Carlos Vela, uh, maybe no Diego Rossi, um, might have a chance here. So I think Houston can grab some points against a really good team. If um, those if those two players are out again for the El Trafico, that'll be kind of a bummer. It would but be. Uh, yeah. that man, the stage would be set for the Galaxy. Yep. The next week, if that's yep. the case. Uh, and then the other game that I, uh, the the one at night uh, is the Minnesota Austin game. I'm always just fascinated to see Austin play and can Minnesota get off the snide. Here's my prediction. I think Austin wins that game. I do too. I Minnesota think go zero and three to yep. start the season. Yep. And at home against Austin. Could you imagine? Put That'd that up on your bullets and Adrian. Jordan just said that you're going on three. <laughs> I can't wait to hear in post game. Be like, bloody Jordan weekend of stateside, yeah, stateside soccer show. Soccer show.mls.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my. I'm really excited for your second match as an or as a season ticket holder. I'm really excited Cincy. to see that. Yeah, Cincy, the, the the Brazilian connection's running deep there, Brenner. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure I'll probably have it. I'll fans. probably have it on two screens. I'll probably yeah. have uh, one on my phone and one on my TV, or I'll sit in my office and have one on the mm, computer and one on the TV yeah. or something. Yeah, man. That's exciting. I'm really excited for this 8 o'clock uh, Champions League. I'm not really excited for the Toronto one because I really think they're going to get smashed. I do, Cruz too. Azul. Yes. So if it's I... if it's a smashing at halftime, it's probably going to be like, okay, that's an early night yeah. for me uh, because, you know, that's a late game. I was right? going to say you'll have to tweet about that one. I'll be asleep. 10, 30, 10 o'clock. So it'll mm. be over by midnight or so, which I stay up that late anyway, but... So, uh, yeah, so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, if uh, we will maybe have a guest at some point in the future just previewing a game at some point or maybe recapping a game. We're going to be going to two shows a week soon. Yeah. I think they start going midweek, mid-week here, coming up too. soon. So we probably have another week or two once of Champion League. I think once Champion League kind of exit out, that's when they started. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, we'll be going to maybe. I think we might record them Tuesday, Fridays. Is that? Yeah, that'll probably be the. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay, so let's go ahead. And if you want to reach us, you can tweet us at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us Stateside Show at gmail.com. We do have a YouTube, which, you know, YouTube is kind of strict with their custom URLs so it doesn't have youtube.com slash stateside show so you have to look us up but we've been putting uh, video versions of the show up uh, last week was kind of brutal I will say because we recorded part of it in Skype part of it on here and now we just have mainly converted to this so uh, this is our first full episode that's just like this kind of like when we do our live streams uh, so hopefully, if you want to watch us on video, uh, you can catch all the fun gags like Logan's background picture. <laughs> we post we post some graphics of our predictions over again for people uh, that may want to know, and also for me because I forget where I put teams. And we create graphics like this. Fancy. And only only if you're a video fan, you know what graphic I just showed. So there you go. <laughs> Jordan, you can't show that on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good, though. It is hot. It is hot. Uh, so there you go. Uh, we will wrap it up here. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you all next time when we break down week three and some of these Champions League leg ones matches. Chicharito start has been out of this world. We'll catch you next time. See you later. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.